This is episode 96 for May 9th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we'll be covering style 2B, International Amber Lager. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Sawyer, and together with Chris, Travis, and Eddie, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. Uh, uh-huh. Uh, that's the voice of Travis. Travis, how goes it this week? I'm doing good. Thank you. <laughs> you are very welcome, Gomer Pyle. <laughs> I actually laughed at that whenever I, I heard it on the, uh, what was it? Oh, it was the episode we did outside while we had the triple brew day. Coles. Oh, God. Because I had forgotten day. that I did that and I listened back to it. It's like, what's next? Well, surprise, 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 it's a homebrew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Do anything interesting this week with beer? Uh, You know, I still have one more beer that I have ingredients for to brew, but I haven't. I was going to do a just like a small wheat beer and then toss in some uh, hatched chili peppers because hmm. I found them in the freezer. I don't know how long they've been there. But I had originally planned on doing it over the long weekend, which was several weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So I moved them from the freezer to the fridge that weekend. And now they are, like, mushy and soggy. and Ew. Uh, yeah, I've been kind of afraid to toss them in a beer, so. Hey, you want some new ones. Fresh for the chili beer, though. Yeah. Uh, I went to the store and bought some Serrano peppers. Never brewed with those before. So that's... Um, Isn't that what you maybe. tried to brew it the first time, but then ended up buying something else by accident? The very first time I did, what was that, a chocolate, a chocolate porter? Yes. No. The very first one was the uh, the Chipotle Roush beer, and that one was awesome because okay. it was Chipotle peppers. The second one I did was it was supposed to be a chocolate ancho chili porter. Ancho, that's what. It was. And I went to the store after several beers, and I just saw the sign ancho and just grabbed them. And turns out they were like little small, little skinny, long red peppers, which are nowhere close to anchos because an ancho is a dried poblano, mm. and poblanos are big and fat, and so it would have been dry. But yeah, this was a long, skinny red thing. I think they ended up being maybe cayenne peppers. Did you actually brew with it? I did. Turned out okay. Wasn't my favorite pepper beer. Yeah, I haven't done a pepper beer yet. I think that would be interesting. I haven't either. Maybe I'll incorporate that into my uh, Imperial Blonde. (laughs) Oh, jeez. I did a hatch Saison, a hatch blonde. I really like hatch peppers. Those are great. Well, that's cool. Is that one of the ones where you get some flavor but not a whole lot of heat? Yeah, those are the ones that have the real nice, just like chili 
green pepper flavor and it, it's would be similar to what you'd use in a cooking in a cooking a dish okay but yeah not terribly hot hmm. but they only come out once a year and uh, i think i missed my window on those but speaking uh, of pepper beer might be good i still have that ghost pepper uh ghost face killer not today <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll have not to do today. that at some point because that's uh actually coming up on a year this summer that i picked that up when i was up there in colorado oh yeah that's true well, that's the voice of Chris. Hola, como esta? What up? Uh, I'm here. Yeah, you're not dying today. <laughs> I'm Chris. Last week you were like trying to stumble all over the house and make it to the bathroom to yeah. puke your guts up. Yeah, I, it was that was um, that was not fun. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think it would be. I had fun the night before though. <laughs> I'm sure you did. I hadn't party like that in a long time. Uh, Sir Car started handing me. Vegas bombs. Oh, no. I was like, what's this? He's a Vegas bomb. I said, what's that? He said, a Vegas bomb. Just drink (laughs) it. I said, okay. I think I had like three or four of them. Oh, my gosh. I still don't know what it is. I never looked it up. I don't really want to know. I know there was Red Bull in it because I could taste that. I couldn't Mm. taste anything else. So it's probably like a variation of a Jaeger bomb without the Jaeger. Yeah, I think it had like. He said four different kinds of whiskey in it or something. Oh, I don't, God. I don't know. I couldn't taste anything. There's no point. way. An explosion. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty much what happened later. And then we came back here and we kept drinking. So, uh, And I had like four Dos Equis plus the three Vegas bombs where we were at. And then we came back here and started drinking homebrew. So, yeah. Anyway, that was a fun night. Uh, kind of regret it the next day, but that's cool. Not every day that your friend from South Dakota comes to hang out. So we got crazy. Uh <laughs> yeah, so we didn't have an episode last weekend. Oh, if yes. you noticed, which there were several things that uh, contributed to that. You know, uh, Chris's story was one because we we came over to record at the studio uh-huh. and he was passed out, uh, not in a good way. <laughs> yep, to drink beer or even sit up. I did manage to drink some water. And well, you know, it was funny because I walked in and I look in your bedroom, you're still in bed and you're just like, you know, you got your hands over your eyes and you're just like, <laughs> somebody uh, killed me. Yeah. yeah, I was not in a good way. The face of regret. Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, we're here. And Sakar was here, which he lives out of state now. So yeah. that was kind of a big deal. Like, well, we, we don't really want to record the episode we had planned without, you know, our full strength compliment. So we decided, well, let's do just an episode focused on Chris's homebrew because he has now a four-tap system, and all four taps have beer on them. And mm-hmm. he's got a few bottles and things, of uh, old things laying around. So we're like, well, let's just go through it. So we fire up the recorder, which none of us have any experience using, and <laughs> go through, <laughs> record the entire episode. It was a blast. It was great. Uh, we all left very happy. Uh, and then at about 10 o'clock at night, uh, Chris sends out a text. Hey, um, shall I do something with the audio file? <laughs> it was not on the recorder. <laughs> Nothing was recorded. <laughs> Hadn't touched it. So, uh, either way, uh, apparently it was a good episode, but uh, we ba-da, ba-da. <laughs> None of us will ever know. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> the ending was really good, too. So, Sarkar, if you're listening and you're wondering why your episode that you were on didn't get aired, that's why. <laughs> So, uh, towards the end of the episode, uh, we were trying to pull off some of uh, Chris's Berliner Weiss, which didn't want to come out of the keg. I still don't know why. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see why that is. So we thought we'd go looking for a bottle of his Trappist, and uh, we got ready over the sink because we knew that thing was going to explode for like 30 minutes. We had glasses ready to catch it and pop it open, and nothing happens. No explosion. It was not. Then we all just kind of look at each other. We're like, what happened? (laughs) You found the one bottle that was (laughs) good. (laughs) Yeah, right. And then... Uh, we pour it, and it it wasn't a Trappist. It was Chris's, his pride and joy, my prize winning, my award winning barley, barley wine. wine that I only had three bottles left of that I was planning on entering again, and that's yeah. not gonna happen now. No, had we known what it was, we absolutely would not have opened it. You should label your stuff. <laughs> well, you, I mean, I guess you can, but then you have to like mark it out before you submit it. Anything with a silver cap on it, a plain silver cap, is a, a entry beer. Anything that has my double S cap on it is okay, uh, makes drinking. You can still enter in uh, AHA, National Homebrew, because you just need two bottles for that. Three bottles for a blue bonnet. Well, I entered for, that one already. Yeah. That's where I got the blue ribbon. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I Actually, it might be good to just keep those, and because I want to brew that one again, but a large, full-size batch. Um. Yeah, that can replace your quad when it blows. I'd like to do a barley well, wine. Well, the barley wine between primary, secondary, and tertiary took about eight months. So you better get on it. Gosh, you did three steps? Yeah. Dang. Different yeast strains for each one. It was boozy as crap. Oh, you start, repitched so it too. Oh, yeah. So you didn't have a yeast cake at, uh, when you transferred mm-hmm. to secondary. Interesting. And I repitched. Hmm. That's how I got the the complex flavor profiles and the full attenuation. That sounds like fun. I'd like three, to do a, three different yeast strains. I could drink it. A, was it was kind of an experiment, and it turned out really good. So I I want to do it again, and having those bottles aside will will be good to to do a comparison against. Because Travis right, it was extremely boozy at first. Did you it have took to, a long time for it to mellow out? Did you have to lager that too? No, I mean I. I Room temperature conditioned in, you know, the back corner of the house or something for six months once I transferred Cat box brewing. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, anyway, that's... Well... um, That's what it is. We can uh, move on. (laughs) uh, My weekend in brewing or beer was that I booked two more gigs at Hot Fusion. Nice. Yeah. uh, One is going to be on July 8th, and then the other one is going to be on August 12th. Awesome. So come on out to Fort Worth. Come check out Hot Fusion Ale Works. I'm wearing my shirt. Yeah. I'm wearing pants, too. <laughs> You're wearing your shirt. Yeah, it's a nice Hot Fusion shirt. Yeah, I went out there before a club meeting this past weekend, or this past week on Tuesday, and figured I'd just swing by Hot Fusion uh, to kill some time before meeting started. Get drunk. Yeah, had a few beers there. Bought a shirt because I've, as many times I've been there, I still have forgotten to get a shirt every time. But I made a point this time, so now I got one. Cool. That's awesome. So. And uh, Matt brought out one of their new beers they had in the back. It was a Session IPA. Quite nice. I hmm. think it should be on tap here pretty soon. So Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that, Matt. Yeah. Well, thanks to our listeners. Uh, be sure to uh, hit that subscribe button and uh, check us out everywhere we're at, which I'm starting to wonder where we're at. <laughs> There's so How many long different things. How long since you uh, updated the Facebook? Saw yeah, you. I need to do that. I've been a little busy, but now my lessons are slowing down, so I'll have time to sit down yeah. and do that. Yeah. 
like I'm only teaching like two kids tomorrow, so <laughs> instead of like fifteen. So yeah. your schedule slows down. Mine is going absolutely bonkers. But <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be dreaming about you when mm. I sleep in. That's awkward, but thanks. Not not in that way. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, all right, what are we talking about today? <laughs> yeah, I think Travis has that information yeah, for Travis us. Yeah, going to hit us up with some style guidelines. Yeah, um, guidelines. style. Well, I'm pretty sure about our style. Uh, I think it's to be. Uh, I could be wrong. To be or not to not be? Be to be. But that's a question for another time. To be International Amber Lager. Uh, we have done several episodes of the 1B International Pale Lager. Um, we've done those. Let's see. One time was Mexican... Uh, style beers one time was asian <clears throat> style beers mm. um which we can do that because there's a lot more availability for the pale lagers than are for the amber because you'll see a lot of pales and then you can see some darks the uh 3b right no 2c yeah, yeah. 2c that was the shiner bach episode that we shotgun those in the backyard <sighs> oh i remember that yeah <laughs> That was interesting. Yeah. You hear all this spillage. <laughs> it was fun and all the... Oh, oh, God. And then the, the painful burps at the end. <laughs> yeah, those were painful. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're finishing off the, the parent category today with 2B, International Amber Lager. Uh, this one is a well-attenuated malty amber lager with an interesting caramel or toast quality and restrained bitterness, usually fairly well-attenuated, often with an adjunct quality, smooth, easily drinkable lager character. Um, and it is important to note that even though it says international in the title, it does not mean that it is anything other than American. That's just a term that they used to describe it because you can find examples of this in many countries across the world, mm-hmm. including America. So, America. you know, even though we have mm-hmm. some examples from America and from, and from other places, they're still included in the international amber lager category. The aroma for this one is going to be low to moderate malt aroma, which can be grainy with a very low to moderate caramel sweet to toasty malt aroma. Hop aroma can range from low to none with a mildly floral or spicy character Clean lager profile. A slight DMS or corny aroma is acceptable. Now I have a question about that. Yeah. Does that mean that dark adjunct lagers are also included in this? Those would be the next subcategory. 2C. International okay. dark I guess, lager. I guess dark I'm overgeneralizing. A medium dark <laughs> amber adjunct lager would... My, my key question there is adjunct. Yeah. It's acceptable. Yeah. That, okay. I think that's a big part of the style is including adjuncts. Okay. Uh, actually, let me flip down to the characteristic ingredients. Two-row or six-row base malt, color malt such as Victory Amber, etc., caramel malt adjuncts, European or American hops, or a combination of both. So, yes, absolutely can have adjuncts in this. And even in the comparison, less well-developed malt flavor than a Vienna lager, often with an adjunct taste. Right. So There you go. That is uh, expected and accepted. Appearance of this one is golden amber to reddish copper color. Bright clarity, white to off-white foam stand, which may not last. Flavor is low to moderate malt profile, which can vary from dry to grainy sweet. Low to moderate levels of caramel and toasty bready notes can be evident. Low to medium low corny sweetness is optional, but not a fault. 
Hot bitterness is low to moderate, and hot flavor is low to moderate as well with a spicy herbal or floral character. Balance can be fairly malty to nearly even, with the bitterness becoming more noticeable but not objectionable. Bitterness level can increase if the malt character increases to match. Clean fermentation profile. Finish is moderately dry with a moderate malty aftertaste. This one is definitely going to be a, a light-bodied mouthfeel, but can go all the way to medium body. Medium to high carbonation, smooth, some examples, can be creamy. So basically, this beer style was made to appeal to the mass market. You know, sometimes you want to drink a light lager. Sometimes you want something with a little more color, a little more flavor. But uh, the base of it's going to be very thin, very approachable. You know, not a whole lot to it, but uh, a little more interesting than just the standard international light lager. You know, the comments are interesting here, too. Says a wide spectrum of mass market amber loggers developed either independently or in various countries, or describing rather generic amber beers <laughs> that may have had more historical relevance, but who eventually changed into an indistinguishable product in modern times. That's interesting. So you know that's referring to a specific beer, like beer company, beer product. Yeah. I mean, you look at the commercial examples that are listed, and it's just Brooklyn Lager, which I've had, and it's good. I like that beer. Yeah. Um, Capital Winter Skill? I don't know. I've never even heard of that. Dos Equis Amber. Shell's Oktoberfest. There's an Oktoberfest included in this. Mm-hmm. And Yingling, which I know a lot of people from the north, Yingling's their, their shiner. And oh they, yeah, they go crazy over that stuff. Like it's a movie. Um, so it'd be cool if we could have had that to put on the podcast. But they still, you know, even though they are, I think the the largest brewery in America. Uh, I'd have to check my sources on that one, but I know that there's some sort of title that they hold um, that differentiates them from Boston Beer Company. But uh, it, as big as they are, they still do not distribute to the Texas region. Yeah. Well, there's not a whole lot of history on this one. Yeah, can you hurry up and read that, those first several words there, okay. please? Uh, Travis, be ready for that button over there. History varies by country, uh. but generally represents an adaptation of the mass market international lager or an evolution of indigenous styles into a more generic product. All right, well, thanks for that, Travis. You're welcome. So there's your generic history for the generic style of a generic product. <laughs> Just so you know, I found it difficult shop to shop for this one because everything that I would think would be considered an international amber lager is not. Every time I look something up, it was labeled as a Vienna lager, which is mentioned in the style comparison because a Vienna lager would be too multi, too complex to be a international amber. I found it to be very easy to shop for this style. I think because I was the first one to shop for it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm usually the last, so it was kind of nice. Yeah, currently I'm reading through the uh, January edition of the Zymergy magazine, and uh, Gordon Strong does a style profile of the Vienna lager in that, um, which is pretty prominent in Mexico, even though it's a style that was created in you know Vienna Austria area, but uh, the history behind that is it 
started there, but then once you had all the Europeans that were uh, migrating to the Americas, they're bringing this style of beer with them, and it became really popular. So yeah, a lot of the uh, the Mexican dark beers that you find are actually, you know, either originally based on Vienna or kind of loosely around it now, uh, which like is what Negro Modelo. Yes, is a like a classic example of a Vienna lager. Mm-hmm. Um, probably Bohemia. Yes, is included in in that uh, Vic- also. Victoria, I think, was another one. Yeah, and which is surprising because the Dos Equis Amber is listed as a commercial example of this style and not the Vienna. Yes, so that might be one of those cases where uh, a beer that started off as one thing over time and through the addition of more adjuncts to cut down on cost has migrated to a different style. You think that's one they were talking about? I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Dos Equis is one of the largest. Uh, largest beers that come from Mexico. I know that they're owned by the large conglomerate um, PIMSA or, or FIMSA or something like Pimps. that. PIMPS. <laughs> I will take it off. Oh, my God. Uh, what? Please don't. No. I, no. All right. Well, uh, are we ready to start drinking some of these beers? Almost. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about what we're drinking right now. Do we want to? Yeah, it kind of relates to the beer style we have today. Yep, it's not no, Chris's barley wine. Maybe a little. No, we're drinking his his uh, Munich Dunkel, which on the episode that we recorded but didn't get recorded, I was all over this beer. <laughs> Loved it. I was like, it's a commercial example. Um, Has your mind changed? Well, I'm a little more sober now. It was like the second beer that you drank that day. Yeah, it wasn't the second one of the recording. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah. It's still pretty high. Uh, and, and we talked about this off mic, but uh, there's a lot of good things that are happening in this beer. It hits pretty much all the uh, the main checkpoints. Uh, I'd certainly put it in the high 30s, but maybe just below commercial example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one's going to be have have a lot more flavor than the uh, style of the week. The ones we're going to try in a little bit. This is my second try of this one. The first one was not even close this one is a very nice yeah (laughs) yeah maybe we need to figure out how to (laughs) how to get more body in it or something because apparently it's thin and not flavorful enough not complex but it's so like thick and creamy that i I guess you don't really know what you're talking about (laughs) so there you go i mean i used munich as a base malt so I even with my mash, like you know, in the in the right place to get a very fermentable wort, I still only ended up with four point three percent alcohol. So anyway, the taste is awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get on to our other beers. All right. Well. Uh, Thank you for asking. And uh, <laughs> uh, this first one that's up is the Dos Equis, Dos Equis, Dos Equus Amber Lager. Uh, it is a 4.7% ABV. Uh, it comes in a brown bottle with a gold and like burnt orange and red color labels. Brown. Uh, that's really about it. It's important to note that this is not an amber lager, but it is an ambar lager. Oh, yeah, it is an ambar lager. 
I wonder if it had to take the bar exam too much. I tried. I tried. Yep. Okay. This well, one is listed on the commercial examples <clears throat> of the guidelines. It's clear as something in a circular shape. But when looking at it anywhere else, it's called a Vienna style lager. Balls. Yeah, that's it. It's as clear as balls. <laughs> yeah. Amber. Amber color, for sure. Very clear. Mm-hmm. White, foamy. I've brewed an amber before. I get some definite like adjunct this, notes in the aroma. This smells like Hacker Shore. Yeah, it's got some sweet notes. A uh, little bit of the like get soft corn. caramel. This tastes a lot like Hacker Shore. No, I said it smells a lot like Hacker Shore. This tastes a lot like Hacker Shore. Oh my gosh. Yeah, said, I'm sure we'll get taste. there. <clears throat> what? You just said taste. No, I said smell. No, you just said taste. Yeah. No. The, whatever. <laughs> I give up. No. <laughs> I forgot about those. Oh, how many hiccup drops do you have of me now? I don't think there's too many of them. I could have pulled a lot more than I did. Cause yeah, those are pretty good. Yeah, there's a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I can see what you're saying about the adjunct part of it, because it, you know, after you get used to drinking adjunct laden beers, then it has a certain character to it. Yeah, you know, it doesn't necessarily scream corn whenever I smell it, but it's adjunct ish. Because I always think about it in terms of rice, but I know they don't necessarily brew with rice. A lot of times, it's it's corn or corn extract, but it goes into my head as rice. I don't know. This tastes a lot like Chris's Munich Dunkel. No, it doesn't. He did not rinse before no. pouring this in there. Well, this is true, but <laughs> I, did, I didn't really like leave any in the glass either. It does not taste anything like a Munich Dunkel. I didn't say like a Munich I said your Munich Dunkel. I mean, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe the first version. This tastes a lot like just the regular Dos Equis, the green special lager, mm-hmm. with maybe a little, I mean, I'm talking about just a touch of the, of the green caramel maltiness. Sweetness, yeah. You could put a little bit of lime in here and be just like a regular Dos Equis. Put the lime yeah. in the coconut. Oh. Yeah. On a Friday was Cinco de Mayo, so on the way home from work, I stopped by No Frills and had a couple of Dos Equis, the special lagers. I drink some trivia. I drank beer in my garage. So I'm quite familiar with that, <laughs> as I had it recently. <laughs> yeah, this is very similar. I do get some some adjunct notes in the flavor as well. Definitely some caramely, some um, some malty notes. No real hot presence. Uh, I'd say medium light body. It's not it's not a medium, but it's not a light bodied. I think I agree with that. Carbonation level is pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't say the carbonation is super high. I'd say it's just about right. I could drink it. I could pound it. Well, I never said it was wrong. Well, no, I, I know, but the, you're, you're, <sighs> how do I put this? I don't know. <laughs> never mind. I don't Medium think... to high carbonation. Well, yeah, I, you make it sound like it's a bad thing. Is what no, you it's, what I was it's saying. high. It's a high level of carbonation. Sure. I didn't say it's too high. But the guidelines a, did say medium to high level. Because this would be a fantastic summer beer, you know. Yes, it'd be tremendous. 
Except it's from Mexico. So if there was ever a wall, you wouldn't be able to get any more. It was huge. Actually, the pricing on avocados is about to go up. Jeez. From what I hear. Why am I not surprised? I heard that on the ticket. Because <laughs> they no, know. You're right. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, Dustin. All right. So this is our, our curse. Wow. What? what? Our commercial example. You almost whistled through your teeth, too. Commercial. Kirsch. This is our commercial example. We have a good uh, base to, to go off of. You know where I bought this? The next few. Was it the Kroger Marketplace? Actually, no. I bought it. Have you ever been to Kroger Marketplace? <laughs> yes. And and I bought this at Total Wine. Really? They probably sell this a lot quicker mm-hmm. than anything else there. Mm-hmm. Comparatively yeah. so, what we usually have. I have yet to buy liquor from there. I have. I, I buy have uh, bourbons from there. You buy a bourbons? <laughs> <laughs> That's like saying, can I has one? That's the only real liquor that I ever drink. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. It's either that or tequila. See that bottle of Gentleman Jack right there? Yeah, I'm not drinking that right now. I bought that at Total Wine like a year ago. And you, you, why have you not finished it? <laughs> What's wrong with you? Because I don't... Maybe I just need to mix it with some... Uh, Coke? Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, food coloring, Sprite. I was going to say, maybe I need to mix it with a Red Bull. and. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to look that up now. I'm what curious. a Vegas bomb is? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Five palatability rating. <laughs> Eight. Vegas bomb. <laughs> You'll need to unlock your iPhone first. You couldn't type Vegas bomb? I'm too lazy. Uh, anyway, I give this one an eight. For poundability. Solid eight. Oh, God, Chris. Easily. Uh-oh. Oh, God. <laughs> Do I want to know? Yeah. You want to know, because it's actually... We're going to... Travis and I will find this pretty funny. Okay. All right. It's a half ounce of Crown Royal Canadian whiskey. Cool. Sounds <clears throat> good. A half ounce of butterscotch liquor, or liqueur, excuse me, hmm. and then a Red Bull energy drink. Wow. That sounds absolutely disgusting. Actually, it was really good. Butterscotch and, and well, See, maybe with maybe with I Crown Royal, I guess it'd be okay. But. I didn't really taste any butterscotch. All I tasted was the Red Bull. There's a half and it ounce was, of it. It was a glass with a shot glass inside the glass. Yeah, so they probably poured the ounce of liquor or whiskey. Wh- 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 wow, an <laughs> ounce of whiskey combined whiskey and liquor. Yeah, into the shot and then glass. they dropped it into the, dropped the it Red into Bull. The Red Bull. Yeah. Yeah. And then you chug the whole thing? Yeah. Which would be like a, dropping a bomb. Was it like just yeah. a, a, a sacred glass? Like a 12 No, it was like glass? a it was like a half. So probably an 8-ounce glass, yeah. maybe. It was a half glass. I have a story about Reed Meyer and San Antonio later and Jaeger bombs. Oh, jeez. I've never anyway. done a Jaeger bomb. I think oh. I've tasted it by itself because it's like black licorice, yeah, right? Yeah, it's gross. It's really thick. That's what she said. It's like chewy, and you have to keep That's it in the what she freezer. Said. Anyway, can we talk about the beer now? Well, the beer is clear. It's amber color. No, that's not what I meant. Poundability. Oh. Um, we both gave it eights. Yeah, I'm going to agree with eight, 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 all around. All right, what's next? Well, uh, I'm glad I asked. Are you sure you're glad? I'm like, glad you asked. You have to, you have to or, really you know, sell it. Are, are you glad that you asked? I'm glad that I asked. Okay. I'm glad that I asked. Good enough, I guess. That, okay. Yeah. Our next beer is... Well, I'm... <laughs> um, 
And I hope no one thinks any less of us for drinking this. Oh, no. This is Michelob. <laughs> oh. Michelob Ultra <laughs> Amber. <laughs> Which is ironic because the label says superior light beer. <laughs> what uh, beer? It says it twice, actually. Once on the neck label and once on the, on the main label. Uh, let's see. This rings in at a hardcore 4% ABV. That's too much for me. 3.2 carbs. Mm. 95 calories. Wait a minute. And, hey. hold on, I'm not done yet. Oh. Uh, Wait, there's more! <laughs> Billy May is here. Protein, less than one gram. And fat, zero grams. Well, uh, okay. Why would they put protein on a beer label? I'm, I have a question. <laughs> calories? So, like, on my Double, for example, how many calories would you guesstimate that there were in that? You know, there's a way to figure that out. Beersmith will do that calculation for you. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Based on your grain bill and everything in the, in the alcohol, it'll, it'll give you a... I don't know how accurate it is. I'm assuming it's a rough estimate, but at least it's close. I downloaded Beersmith. On the my trial phone. version? No, I bought it. Oh. Yeah. 95 calories, 3.2 carbs. Less than one gram of protein. I mean, some people are tracking macros. I like microns. It it also says, uh, freshest taste within 110 days. Born on, I guess that's 18th of April, 2017. Born? Born on April 18th, 2017. So I think we're within the 110 days of that. It could be from Norway, Bjorn. Bjorn. Maybe. <laughs> Does it have a J in there? Bjork. Bjorn. <laughs> no, it's Bjorn. It is important to distinguish that this is not an ambar, but this is an amber. amber. With an U-R. E-R. Oh. Umlaut. <laughs> Brewed by Anheuser-Busch. That would be St. Louis, Missouri. So it's, I guess, not really international, but kind of international. I said this in the opening. I know. I was just. <laughs> Which uh, it is, but it isn't. But it is. Speaking of Anheuser, they made some uh, some headlines this week when they purchased the uh, craft brewery, which or formerly craft brewery in North Carolina called Wicked Weed. Yeah. No. They don't distribute here, but yes, it's still. Well, maybe they might now. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I just had to do that. Sorry. Yeah, and there was a lot of fallout on Twitter. That's not true. Between that, because, you know. That's impossible. Even though, you know, the diehard fans are going to say, well, I don't care about who owns it. I just care about how it tastes. Well, Anheuser-Busch has the kind of clout and money to edge out other small brewers from tap space and shelf space at stores. So it's it's a big deal. You know, speaking of this situation, um, our friends over at... uh, um, what was that? Oh, the atypical DFW podcast. Yeah, they were at Top Golf. It was either today or yesterday, and they said that their bartender or wait, waiter, waiter, yeah, their waiter accidentally brought them blood and honey, and they didn't order that. But then they tried it and said it was just god awful. What? Yeah, they're like, what, had they not had it before? No, they've had it before. They said it's worse now. Now they've been bought out. Mm. It's what they say. I don't know. I'm just relaying information. Mm, I'm going to have to do some research on that. I'm going to do a little bit of research. I'm going to have to taste it for myself. Where are you getting your statistics? The interwebs. Oh, okay. 
Anyway, so this one I think is lighter than the Dos Equis. Yeah, it's yes. still clear as balls. Uh, <laughs> quite, quite the amber appearance. Quite light. So I guess superior light beer. I don't know. Light don't, is all relative. This right? is not amber. Light mouthfeel, maybe. This is like dark yellow pea. <laughs> so that's even lighter than that. Amber. Means if if your pea is that color, you have kidney failure. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's golden. I should probably see a doctor. It's golden. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to handle this. Probably not. 4% is just too much. I'm not getting a whole lot out of the aroma or the flavor, actually. Different from the Dos Equis example. Yeah. Surprisingly. It doesn't smell as sweet or malty. It smells like a superior light beer. Yeah. I don't know about superior. I'm just reading Pretty the straightforward. <laughs> Probably rice instead of corn adjunct in this one. A little bit of grain, but... Uh, Lacks the just touch of caramel sweetness that the Dos Equis had. Yeah, I'm not I, getting any malt, yeah. any toast, any roast, nothing. I do no taste, hops. I do taste rice. I'm just getting some grainy notes. Of the fried kind. <laughs> the hero. <laughs> the hero. I need to talk to somebody. You're right. I like the Dos Equis better. I do too. Yeah. The, like you know, a lot for what it was the Dos Equis had more flavor than this this is um, I guess what you ask for after a long day of golfing and you don't want to really think about what you're drinking but you want to look like you're drinking more than just a Bud Light yeah now uh, Michelob also has an Amber Bach okay that's not the same thing no it's not but I have a feeling I would like that one even better Actually, I've had that one according to Untapped. It's a five point one percent. Whoa! They need to slow their roll there. Uh, <laughs> it's not light enough. <laughs> I don't know. This one's just watery to me. Yeah, light-bodied, uh, light in flavor. There is some beer flavor to it, but it's yeah, it's just. Just kind of there. Just kind of there. I would like to point out that someone on this podcast gave this beer a 1.75 rating. <laughs> Is that Travis? I'm not going to name names. What? Huh? <laughs> oh, yeah, it was Travis. Oh. <laughs> hey, at least I didn't name names. April 29th, 2016. I just unlocked Logger Jack level 10. April tw- That was last last year. Yeah. Around this time. We didn't use this beer on another episode, did we? No. No, we've never checked into it on the on the corporate untapped account. Yeah. <laughs> corporate. I feel okay. like this might have been a late night at a bar, like no no frills maybe. Or maybe G. Willikers. Because this time last year. Ah. Uh, Could have been. Well, I was already G. married by then. Oh, yeah, you Last were. time I went was before. Well, because we went for Frato's. Yeah, but that but wasn't that a year ago. That wasn't April. I don't know. Hmm. Unless, like, Hashisort brought this over. <laughs> or Jack. I still want to do that one <laughs> song by the Eagles that's, like, all, like, acapella. What? I forget the name of it. That's random. Oh, are you talking about... Edgy Willikers. Oh, what? How do you do uh, karaoke acapella? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you just stand up there and go... There's no music. I'm just going to sing. <laughs> I think it would be ridiculously impressive. I need my starting pitch, please. 
Starting pitch? Can I get an A, you please? You like a pipe, a pitch pipe, like... Yeah, you pull it out of your pocket. You got, like, one front pocket. <laughs> With a pocket protector. You blow three notes before you find the right one. <laughs> <laughs> I could see us doing that. <laughs> All right, anyways. Now, it would only be good if you do that and everybody's laughing, going, oh, my God, what are they about to do? And then you just, like, blow everybody away. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh, mm-hmm. dang. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, poundability on the Mick Ultra. So, what's your poundability rating on this one, huh? <laughs> oh, <okay>. Yeah, huh? <laughs> I get, this one goes four. to eleven. <laughs> I don't know f- flavor. I think I'd give it a four, but poundability, I'd probably go with like a six. Poundability ten. What? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, no, I wasn't kidding about eleven. Chuck the crap out of this. There's nothing to it. It's light body, but it's just kind of you're thinking. You're thinking too much. No, I think it's gross. Exactly, you're thinking too much. No, I think it's gross. I'm not going to pound something. I think it's gross. You just drink. No, I'm going to pound the crap out of it. Exactly. Well, Eddie said it, so yeah, and he's not even here. It's fine. Everybody's entitled to their own opinion. <laughs> think you think this is a podcast? I won't talk again. <laughs> there you go. I'm not going to talk again. Uh, well, our next example is also owned by Anheuser Busch, but it's a little different. Next. Well, next we're moving on to a Texas example, maybe. Of an international. International amber lager, yes. So this is the Ziegenbach Texas Amber. And I need to point out that this is a amber and not a ambar. On the can, it says it's brewed and canned by Ziegenbach Brewing Company out of Houston, Texas. Which I guarantee is just a cover for Anheuser-Busch. Probably. Because I mean, this is owned and, and has been uh, has been owned by AB for a long time. But um, what I've seen recently is that they will they will submit to the TABC for a brewery name and then operate under that brewery name at a certain location. But it's just funneling. You know, it's like laundering the money. And go straight to them. So I think this is the same case. Because, uh, yeah, there was, there was one uh, recently that came through a label approval. Um, something mountain, like Mountain View Brewing or, or something like that. That uh, they're brewing somebody else's recipe in Texas just for Texas. So they had to actually set up a brewery for that. But it's still AB. Interesting. Yeah. 4.9%. This one was their uh, answer to Shinerbach, but I think it's a little bit lighter than Shinerbach. I would agree with that. Um, and since it's Texas Amber, it might only be sold in Texas. Could be wrong about that. Yeah, maybe they brewed the same recipe, but under a different label elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could have a, a... I don't know what other box-style beers that AB has. Yeah. Could be a, a West Virginia Bach out there somewhere named Zegan. <laughs> well, it's pretty clear. Uh, very dark in color. Yeah, this one's the darkest uh, out of well, the ones we've seen. Uh, yeah, it's darker than the Dos Equis. Well, maybe a little. This one might actually you know, touch on the uh, American or the international dark lager category to see. Because it's a lot darker than the other ones. Still doesn't smell as sweet as a Dos Equis. The copper. Not as sweet, but I'm getting a lot more of the toasty notes, Mm -hmm. caramely notes, but not like a sweet 
More like a bready, toasty. Yeah. Actually, you kind of joked about my dunkle earlier. There are some similarities. <laughs> I was not joking. I get some sweet notes. Oh, well, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Bready. I do get something that I might consider to be an adjunct, like a corn or something. Not nearly to the level that the Dos Equis was, but it's still a tinge of it is there. Some Something <laughs> that smells bad. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't say bad. Just corny. Yeah, maybe a hint of the adjunct. Uh, not nearly as prevalent as it was in the Michelob no. example. Actually, I got more of it out of the, uh, the Dos Equis. Dos Equis? Yeah. The Michelob, I just didn't really get anything. Yeah. Has more of a presence than the aroma. Or has more of an aroma that is present, I should say. Flavor. Get a little bit of sweetness. Yeah. Mixed with... I don't want to say metallic, but along those lines. <laughs> did come out of a can. I would say out of the three, though, I think this one has the most palatable flavor. It's the easiest to drink as far as a balance between flavor and water. Because the Dos Equis had that strong corn note to me, and then the Michelob was just kind of lifeless. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of there. This one, I think, tastes the best out of the three. I like the Dos Equis the best. A little bit of lime to go with it? No, not with that one. <laughs> yeah, I've got a long history with Ziegenbach, though. Back in the days when uh, Hasselswort was the uh, bartender at Applebee's. And yep. then we'd go there for $1 Ziegenbachs. Yep. And then leave with a tab of zero dollars and we don't quite figure out how that worked it was never zero for me i always paid for like a beer (laughs) and then he'd walk out to his car later and there was like a 20 dollar bill stuffed in his door and then he'd come over and like try and put 20 dollars back in your pocket and and it was just back and forth (laughs) it was was like 75 cent zegans or something yeah it was stupid cheap this was years ago. No, it was it was more expensive than the cheap beer at um, Buck and Loons. Because wasn't the cheap beer like 50 cent Coors Originals or something? I don't know. <laughs> something stupid. I miss Buck and Loons. <laughs> and the funny thing was it was labeled cheap beer yeah, on the receipt on the, when you got the, it. Cheap beer. It's like, what the hell, man? It, hey, even if it was only like a 8-ounce pour or a you know 10-ounce pour, still, you paid 50 cents, <laughs> 75 cents for that beer. Give you a little, like, dinky plastic Dixie cup to drink it out of. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, whatever. I miss our burgers, man. Those burgers were good. They were good. Oh, and it man. was one of the only places in town you could get a burger with pepper jack cheese on it. Yeah, or a burger as big as your head. <laughs> I, we should reopen Buck and Lou's. Yeah, good luck with that. They tried, I think. Thank you for Anyway. No, I'm with, I'm with you, Travis. I've got a history with Ziegenbach that I can't, you know can't dismiss that but um out of the three if someone said which one of these do you want i'd pick the zegan up every single time yeah i probably would too just because of that and even tasting it now it's still a nice flavor yeah nothing wrong with it it's just kind of yeah sawyer i've already said that i like the dos better okay so out of the three when offered you'd pick up the dos every time yep 
right. I mean, the Zinga Bock is good, but I don't overly enjoy it like I do the Dos Equis if I had to pick the style. Overly enjoy it? Yeah. Even though this is an amber and that one is an ambar, yeah, I, I like I like the fact that it's an ambar because okay. you're drinking in a bar, exactly. Maybe so, might as well have a beer that's called a, a bar ambar. <laughs> so, what about palatability on this one? My palatability rating. Is <laughs> that an eight? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's a powerful eight. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that drop yet. No. <laughs> we will well, go. <laughs> we have seven. <laughs> tab just for numbers. <laughs> this might be a nine for me. I like this. And it's pretty easy drinking. Yeah, I was thinking eight or nine. Carbonation isn't overly aggressive. <laughs> Are you okay over there, Sawyer? Just try not to spew. <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> I do feel fine. Said it clap in the background. Yeah. <laughs> I feel fine. <laughs> it's like the end of an applause. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Anything else on this one? No. Or any of the other commercial examples that we have here? I, I have something. Okay. Beer. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, we do have another beer to drink that is not exactly in this style, but it's... <laughs> Thank you for that. Well, maybe a little. Um, so let's get into that Close one. To it. All right. Well, the next one that we have... I think this is the last one, right? Yes. The last one that we have... Thank you. <laughs> um, oh, yes! Sawyer's excited about this one. Apparently. It's not um, like yes. It's a long <laughs> yes. Like somebody. Yes. Oh, really? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Can I say what it is now? No. <laughs> there has to be more. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. So this is George Killian's Irish Red. Now, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> That's not an imperial, or not imperial. That's not an international amber. He's drunk. I'm not drunk. Um... I'm just yes. tired. I hear all the keyboards now of frantically typing angry beer nerds. That's not an international amber. Okay. Yeah, yeah. you're right. It's not. It uh, like but as a style words. comparison, <laughs> that's not enough. <laughs> this one is probably Hi, labeled Irish. as an American amber or red, right? On untapped, yes. Yes. Now, according to BJCP, Irish red is, I don't know. It's 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 all kind of the people call different things different things, and it could be the same thing. It could be a different thing. It could, I don't know. I bet this is not a commercial example of Irish red. You know what though? You know what I'm going to call not. this? I'm going to call this beer. Well, that's true. I just i I could never really understand why American amber and red were an, in the same category because to me they're two different things. Irish Red is 15A in the uh, BGCB guidelines. Commercial examples, Caffrey's Irish Ale, Franciscan Well Rebel Red, Kilkenny Irish Beer, O'Hara's Irish Red, Porterhouse Red, Samuel Adams Irish Red, Smittick's Irish Red. So Killian's is not a commercial example Gosh. of Irish Red. I love Smithwick's. Smittick's. Oh, oh. 
It's not Smith. I love Smithwicks. I feel like this might be one of those examples that we read in the guidelines today that it started off as one thing, but then over time and over, you know, large companies buying them out and changing the recipe has migrated to a different recipe. So this may be actually in our style wheelhouse today. Even though it's labels Irish Red, it, it might be a, 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 a international amber. Well, uh, there's nothing on the label specifically about who makes it. It just says, <laughs> brewed in the Irish tradition, established 1864, George Killian Lit, a uh, product of USA. Oh, this is going to be lit. Golden, Georgia. Colorado. They're appealing to the millennials. Golden, Colorado. Golden, Colorado. What it says. Oh, this is a, uh, is a, a this is a Miller Coors product. Okay, so there you go. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that at one point, you know, in the 1800s, when uh, George Kill or uh, Killians came out with this recipe, it was a true Irish red. But over 150 plus years, recipes changed. Yeah, and um, yeah, I would not be surprised if it has migrated all the way to the point to being a international amber lager. Uh, the colors definitely so similar. Yeah, I mean, holding up to the window, it's definitely in the amber, kind of the dark amber to light <laughs> copper color. It's not the lightest we've seen today, and it's not the darkest we've seen today. Yeah, just kind of right there in the middle. Very clear, obviously. Ooh, the aroma's different, though. Yeah, there's a, a marked maltiness to this that wasn't in the other ones. Oh, my God, this smells like Hacker Shore. <laughs> <laughs> How did I know that was this coming? Taste, I think that's going to be a newer drop of that one, a newer version. Yeah, we'll have the taste. It's a lot like Hacker Shore. And we'll have the smell. Yeah, it's going to lead with, oh my God. Yeah, maybe I'll splice them together. Actually, you know what? No, it doesn't. It, oh! You you can use that drop, but it's it, it, it's different. Did it you has change a, your mind? Yeah, it's got a different tinge to it. Can you put your finger on it? I'm trying. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, no! <laughs> Let me smell again. I'm sorry. Smell. Hey, podcast cat. Yeah, it has like uh, more of a caramel note. Yeah. The other one's like a tinge. But it also kind of reminds me of my beer, Lemon Pledge. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, because right now I'm not thinking of this as an Irish red. I'm thinking of this as an amber, international amber lager. Well, let's get fruity. So that's why it throws me off. Now, if we were doing uh, Irish Reds all day long, I, I would be... Well, that'd be a fun day. I would be more inclined to say that it smells like an Irish Red, but it doesn't. You know what I mean? Catch my drift? Mm-hmm. Did we do Irish Red on this podcast? Yes. I don't we, think I was there for that one. We've had this one on the show. I know that much. Uh, have I, we? I'm a look. Hang on. I got this. I, I got this. Because if we did this episode, then I was not here for it. It might have been over my wedding. I don't remember doing this one. So, Travis, tasting this versus all the other ones. Oh. You yep. tasted it yet? March 15th of 2016, Irish Red. Okay, so I was on my honeymoon. We did. No, don't play. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. I'm gonna turn the volume down. Uh, we did the um, the Smithwick's Irish Ale, Smithix, and the Killian's Irish Red, and the Ska Pinstripe Red Ale. See, I don't remember that. Travis, either. I thought you were here for that. No, I was in Chicago. I got married two days, three days before then. 
Oh, yeah. On March 12th. That was March 15th. Does this fit within the international amber style? No. Not based off the aroma. Have y'all tasted it already? Yes. Oh, crap. You were over there trying to look it up on our website. (laughs) It's way too sweet. Yeah, the malt character in this is a little higher than all the other ones we've had. This tastes like chocolate syrup. I I don't get the adjunct character either. Nope. That we got in the other ones, even though I'm fairly confident that they use adjuncts in this. I could be wrong. I don't know. I'm trying to pull up the uh, the guidelines just to remind me myself about what I said about flavor. Just More like the guidelines. Oh, guidelines. <laughs> Can vary from dry to grainy sweet. Is it grainy sweet that you're getting? Or is it like a caramel sweet? That's more caramel to me. Low to moderate levels of caramel. Toasty bready notes can be evident. Low to medium low corny sweetness is optional, but not a fault. <laughs> corny. Hot bitterness, low to moderate. Balance can be fairly malty to nearly even. Interesting. Nearly even. Fairly malty, yeah. Bitterness becoming more noticeable, but not objectionable. Bitterness level can increase if the malt character increases to match. Clean fermentation and finish moderately dry with moderately malty aftertaste. So they don't mention caramely sweetness, but they do mention some caramel is okay. Everything a, else about but a it. Grainy sweetness. Yeah. Interesting. I could be talking to grainy sweetness. I could not. <laughs> Stubborn. There's a an entrance from uh, Robot Sawyer. I cannot. <laughs> I don't even know what to say about that now. <laughs> you can't. Yeah, rewind the tape, you'll hear it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm i kind of torn on if it's a, an American amber red situation. It's a red. It's it's an Irish red. I think it's I different enough from the last three examples. I think it's an Irish red. That's what you listed it as, isn't it? No. That's what it says in the label. Yeah, it says Irish Red. No, because we had it on that episode does not mean that it's... It says it on the bottle. I know. It says, brewed in the Irish tradition. Brewed in me the bottle. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, here's flavor for Irish Red. Moderate to very little caramel malt flavor and sweetness. Okay. Rarely with a light buttered toast or toffee-like quality. Palate often is fairly neutral and grainy. Or it can take on a lightly toasty or biscuity note as it finishes with a light taste of roasted grain, which lends a characteristic dryness to the finish. A light earthy or floral hot flavor is optional. Medium to medium low hot bitterness. Medium dry to dry finish. Clean and smooth. Little to no esters. The balance tends to be slightly towards the malt, although light use of roasted grains may increase the perception of bitterness slightly. I don't get any roast in this. I don't either. No. How old is but this? But the caramelly notes are still there. Yes. Um, Actually, I just see, take here's, an Irish red at home. That's my next homebrew that's going on tap is an Irish red. Hmm. I've had several Irish reds at, at breweries, bars, whatever. And I always forget what to expect. But when I get it, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what it is. And it's I always get like a buttery note out of Irish reds. Which is acceptable, per yeah. the guidelines you just read. But I don't get that at all in this one. This is not... Which a, ne- ne- not necessarily means it's faulty, but 
And that's something that I've come to expect out of Irish Reds. This yeah. is not an old beer either. This is it says August 2017 on the bottle. Where's the bottle? I said bottle. <laughs> yeah, this one was bought at the uh, H E B. At the Heb. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, it's it's a it's a mass market version of the style, so it's not going to have any buttery notes whatsoever. I I think this could edge into the international amber lager. I disagree. No offense. All right. Well, so undecided at this point. What well, about poundability? Uh, I'm gonna have to say five. Really? It's just way too sweet. It's a lot sweeter than what we had. I'd pound the crap out of it. And now I'm going to pay a visit to Catbox Brewing. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'd put this one at an eight. Um, Smooth, easy. It's not as easy as the other ones. So I think I might go like seven. I think the Dos Equis and the Zegan are <laughs> easier. Yeah. Somewhat. It's so. still good. I haven't had kills in a long time. Yeah. This was, uh, the first time we had this was in the dorms, like months <laughs> after we started drinking beer. Yeah. You know, over a decade ago. Oh, jeez, hasn't been that long. Yeah, this was, this was one of the ones that we had at the very beginning. I think I liked it then, too. It's approachable, for sure. Yeah. There's nothing over the top about it in either direction, hoppy or malty. It's just kind of... No scary hops, no. No. Oh, it tastes like Christmas trees. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's a good beer. Probably one of the... Of course, I can't really say that now. I was going to say one of the, the mass market beers that could encroach on craft quality. But now that they're buying up all these places, <laughs> that line is becoming more blurred every day. Yeah. So... Is that because of the drinking? No. Are we sure? I hadn't party like that in a long time. Yes, I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> whatever you say. Right. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> anyway, anything else about um, any of the anything at all? Because we're done. No. Yeah, all of these beers are definitely super approachable. You know, to the beginner beer drinker all the way through the, the craft aficionado it's one of those that has good flavor if you want it or it has uh, no flavor if you don't want it <laughs> thanks for that Travis <laughs> and that's the way it was and that's the way the cookie crumbles uh-huh, uh-huh. I like it I like it uh-huh. Uh-huh. alright uh, so <laughs> what are we talking about next week well, I'm glad you asked, <laughs> because next week we're going to talk about the German Pils 2.0. Reinheitsgebot. Yeah. Reinheitsgebot. Huh? Reinheitsgebot. It's the Canadian version. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so join us next week for Ryan has Canadian Pils. <laughs> Actually, we haven't done Canadian beers. Canadian Pils? So, sorry. Canada beers. Yeah. Canadian Canadian beers. Yeah, at some point we'll run out of ideas and we'll have to start doing countries instead of styles. <laughs> hey, that could be interesting though. Djibouti. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your. Yeah, there's a ton of Canadian beers we haven't. 
Hell, let's do that next week. Molten. You gonna do Canadian Mort- beers Mortons? next week? Molten's. What's the Molson's? Molson's and Leblot. Sorry, and there's not two L's. Leblot Blue. Blue, and Unibrow is technically a. Really? Uh, That's Canadian. Yeah. Or there's a. Foster's Australian oh. for beer. <laughs> That could be fun. We'll have a one beer episode for that one. <laughs> yeah. Where we all just drink a six pack each of Foster's. Uh, so we might as well just turn that into a power hour. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, either German Pilsner or Canadian beers next week. Cheers until then. Okay. Bye. Okay.